Coming up on the Children's Hour, earthquakes and volcanoes are among nature's most destructive forces. The kids crew and I wanted to learn more. We've invited Dr. Masumi Roy to our studio. She's a professor of physics and astronomy at the University of New Mexico, and she specializes in earth sciences. How do scientists study earthquakes and volcanoes? How do they predict where and when they will happen? And is there a relationship between earthquakes and volcanoes? We'll explore all of this today on the Children's Hour. This episode is mixed with great music, and we're so glad you're with us. The Children's Hour is Kids Public Radio, produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit. Find out more about us and see pictures and links related to this show at childrenshour.org. It's time for the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio. What did the tectonic plate say after the earthquake? I don't know what! It's not my fault. (laughs) It's time for the Children's Hour! Kids Public Radio! The surface of the earth is always changing Mountains and valleys rearranging That's because the earth is covered up with giant plates And when they rub together, we get earthquakes Shake, 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 shake it baby The ground looks solid, but it's waving It's the flushing of a mountain's bird Boom, 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 but I've got rhythm in my soul So when the ground rocks, I roll I surf on the surface of the earth just how big these plates are Some are as big as our United States are They are always moving But they're moving really slow About as fast as our fingernails grow Oh, shake, 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 shake it, baby The ground looks solid, but it's waving It's the motion of a mountain's bird
Shake, Shake, Shake by Tom Knight off of a CD called The Classroom Boogie. This is the Children's Hour. I'm Katie Stone. I'm so happy to be with everybody today. We've got a very nice full house. Hello, crew. Hi. Let's start over here. Who do we have in the studio? Hi, it's Liam. Hi, it's Richard. Hi, it's Eli. Hello, it's Amadeus. Hi, it's Daniel. Hi, it's Isaac. Hello, it's Zen. Hi, it's Malcolm. Hello, it's Haley. Happy day, it's Maya. Hi, it's Lucas. Hi, it's Rowan. Well, today we have a pretty exciting topic on our plate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're laughing because we're going to be talking about earth science, tectonic plates, seismic activity, volcanoes, and other questions we have too, like anybody? What a super volcano is. What is a tectonic plate? Are we in any danger of an earthquake? How do tectonic plates and earthquakes affect volcanoes? Do we have any active volcanoes? What causes an earthquake? When a volcano erupts, does an earthquake also happen? We have so many good questions, and we have a perfect person to answer them. And in the studio today, we're going to be interviewing Dr. Masumi Roy, She's a professor of physics and astronomy at the University of New Mexico with expertise in earth science. And so it's pretty exciting. Uh, It's kind of what you might say an an earth-shaking kind of show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm curious if anyone in this room has ever been in an earthquake. Has anyone here ever been in an earthquake that you've been aware of? No. No. We might have... Been in one? I remember when we went to California, my mom woke up in the middle of the night and she said she felt the earth shaking, but none of us felt it. So we probably weren't, but we might have been. Uh, my mom was also in an earthquake. Apparently, for me or my brother were born, it was pretty strange, apparently. My grandpa was in a bed during an earthquake and then he fell out of bed and then he went back to sleep. Wait, he fell out of bed because of the shaking? He actually got shaken out of bed? Yes. Wow. I I suppose they can be pretty powerful. Well, we have a lot of questions today on the show for Dr. Masumi Roy. Stick with us. This is the Children's Hour. Mandy Moore, from the best of Mandy Moore. Welcome back to the Children's Hour. In the studio today, Dr. Masumi Roy. She is a professor of physics and astronomy at the University of New Mexico with a special interest in earth science. Welcome back to the Children's Hour, Dr. Roy. Hi, Katie. Nice to be here. We're so happy to have you here, and we have so many questions for you. So what is earth science? So earth science is um, very general, and it includes anything that you might imagine that has to do with studying the systems of the earth, all the rocks, the air, the oceans. These three things basically form um, earth science. But you can imagine, since we live on the earth and all biological beings live on the earth, earth science is also tied to many other sciences like life sciences. 
What makes earthquakes and volcanic eruptions happen? So the outside of the Earth is、um, very stiff. And the inside of it can flow over very, very long times. So it's kind of like、um, the planet is got a rigid shell on the outside, but the inside moves very, very slowly over hundreds of millions of years. And that rigid shell can move around,、um, and as it does so. Places where two parts of the shell—these are called the plates of plate tectonics—where those plates rub, that's where you get earthquakes. And sometimes, when the plates come together, you get volcanoes there.、Um, sometimes you get volcanoes where the plates are pulled apart. So everything that happens regarding earthquakes and volcanoes on the Earth is tied to this thing called plate tectonics, and that's the motion of these. Rigid plates on the outside of the planet. Is that what a fault zone is? Yeah. So a fault zone,、um, the biggest fault zones in the world are places where two plates meet. But a fault zone, that name can be given to any any place where you have a huge fracture in the Earth, and it doesn't. It can be in the middle of a plate too. It doesn't only happen on the edges of plates. Are there any earthquakes in Albuquerque or volcanoes? Yes.、Uh, so in Albuquerque, we live on what's called the Rio Grande Rift, and along this region,、um, there are lots of not currently active but previously active volcanoes and volcanic activity. And yeah, we've had earthquakes in New Mexico, and we get small earthquakes、um, all the time in New Mexico, but they're very small and they're hard to feel. How do earthquakes affect volcanic eruptions? Oh, that's a great question. So that's the kind of question that you know we think that when you think about earthquakes and volcanoes, you think, well, what's the connection between them? And it's only really been in the last few tens of years that people have quantitatively said there is a connection. And in some cases, when you have an earthquake, the seismic waves passing through the region of a volcano has been shown to. Kind of trigger a volcanic eruption. It doesn't happen all the time, but once in a while, we've we know it can happen. We're talking with Dr. Masumi Roy. She's a professor of physics and astronomy at the University of New Mexico with a specialty in earth science. And we'll be back in a minute. There is a land I've heard about where the clouds are many colors.
rock candy mountains, there's a land that's fair and bright, where the pennies grow on bushes and you sleep out every night. And the cows are in the meadows and they're eating buttercups. I'm bound to go where there ain't no snow, where the rain don't fall and the wind don't blow in the big rock candy mountains. Oh, the buzzing of the bees and the peppermint trees round the soda water fountains, where the lemonade springs and the bluebird sings in the big rock candy mountains. Elizabeth Mitchell and Lisa Loeb from a 2003 release, Catch the Moon. This is the Children's Hour. I'm Katie Stone. In the studio with us are a lot of kids on our crew. Hi, kids. Hi. And Dr. Masumi Roy from the University of New Mexico's Physics and Astronomy Department. She specializes in earth science, and we're talking about volcanoes and earthquakes. What causes an earthquake? An earthquake happens when you have a lot of stress, which is basically another word for things moving, 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 until they come to a place where they either break or they have to slide. So if you imagine there's the, if you have a book on the table, right, and the book is really, really heavy, and you take your hand and you're pushing on the book, you start pushing on it, the book might not move right away. But at some point when you push hard enough, the book might suddenly start to move. So earthquakes are like that. It's where tectonic plates are moving past each other and they're moving slowly, 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 and nothing happens for a long time. And then all of a sudden, all that, it's called stress, is built up and then it releases in a big earthquake and everything can move all at once. Are there any active volcanoes near Albuquerque like right now? The most recent um, lava activity in the whole state of New Mexico was many thousands of years ago. So no, there are no active volcanoes right near Albuquerque right now. How does a volcano become inactive? Oh, that's a great question. So when we look at volcanoes and the people that study volcanoes go to places which have lots of active volcanoes, places like Sumatra and Indonesia, other parts of Indonesia and Japan and um, the Aleutian Trench in Alaska, all these places have lots of active volcanoes, including in the U.S., the Cascades, right? There's Mount Rainier and Mount um, St. Helens. And in many of these places, what you find is that the volcano will erupt for a while and then be quiet for a while, and then will erupt for a while and then be quiet for a while. So this kind of pattern of sudden eruption and then more quiet activity is something that happens at all volcanoes. But in some cases, the entire volcano might shut off for millions of years, and that can happen if the magma, which is the molten rock, 
stops being supplied to the bottom of the volcano. And um, if that happens, then whatever magma might be there might get a chance to actually freeze and become solid, and there will be no more eruptions. We'll be back with more questions for Dr. Masumi Roy after a quick break. Here's Volcano by the Hip Waiters. Hour is an independent production of the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit. Support for the Children's Hour provided by Electric Playhouse, an immersive entertainment and events center in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The Playhouse is open. You can purchase tickets, learn about events, play, and other opportunities, including future locations and music shows, at electricplayhouse.com. About 28 million children live in the United States between the ages of 5 and 11 years old, and nearly 2 million of them have had COVID-19. COVID-19 can make children very sick, lead to long-term health impacts, and some kids even die. The COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective against this deadly disease. Find a location near you at vaccines.gov or text your zip code to 438 438- 
438-829. That's 438-829. Let's end the pandemic. souls with donovan's mountain song right here on the children's hour in the studio from unm's department of physics and astronomy dr masumi roy talking earthquakes and volcanoes still lots more questions for you are there volcanoes or earthquakes on other planets or asteroids 
That's a great question. We think so. We think the answer is yes, certainly for volcanic eruptions. And um, although we have not directly observed um, earthquakes, we have evidence that there are earthquakes in other planets as well. On other planets, are the eruption of volcanoes necessary for life? That's a great question. You have asked a question that we in the earth science field are only now beginning to understand are related, that earthquakes and volcanoes and plate tectonics might have something intimately to do with why we have, say, water on the surface of Earth and therefore why we have life. We don't really know whether life exists on other planets. We certainly are looking for it. But we think that liquid water on the surface of a planet is a very good criterion for finding life on that planet. How do we measure it when we think there's going to be the next earthquake or volcanic eruption? One of the biggest challenges for Earth science is the prediction of earthquakes. Um, we don't really have a good way to predict when the next big earthquake, let's say, would happen in California. The way we think about earthquakes and where they're most likely is um, basically to look at where they've happened already. So based on where we already see a lot of earthquake activity, we then make calculations to say, how likely is it that an earthquake would happen in a given region? So for earthquakes, there really is no way that we know to predict when the next big earthquake will be, when and where, etc. But for volcanic eruptions, it turns out that we can do a little better because volcanoes, they produce signals that we can look at that tell us about an imminent eruption. And one of the most important of these signals is deformation. So the volcano starts to move. The sides of the volcano can begin to move, and you can observe that using GPS or using other um, methods. And you can also look at gas emissions, and you can look at earthquake activity around the volcano. Sometimes just before a big eruption, the number of earthquakes happening near that volcano goes up. So all of this leads to a very scientific term called unrest. But basically, we look at the level of unrest, and that's how people can make predictions of when a volcano might erupt. When do you think the next volcano is going to be? Are there like any volcanoes about to erupt or anything? There are always volcanoes getting close to eruption. And so you can actually go to um, some of the websites that are maintained by the USGS and other agencies and learn about places that have had recent earthquakes, but also places where, like I said before, the level of unrest is rising. And so those volcanoes are kind of under our watch. And they're on a watch list. So, Do earthquakes cause tsunamis? That's a great question, yes. Um, so earthquakes do cause tsunamis sometimes. And what happens in an earthquake is, remember, there's a fault zone and two sides of the fault zone move. And remember, the main thing that happens in an earthquake is that the motion is kind of sudden. So that sudden motion, if that happens underneath the ocean, and it can suddenly move a whole bunch of water, it can create a tsunami wave. And so, yes, sometimes tsunamis get triggered by earthquakes. 
So since we know what to be afraid of for volcanic eruptions and earthquakes, how can we best prepare for in case we have a volcanic eruption or an earthquake? That's a good question. That depends on where you live. So if you live in a place where um, you're far away from plate tectonic fault zones and you're far away from active volcanoes, there really is not much to be afraid of. Um, and it might be that when you live closer to like an active fault zone and big active volcanoes, the best thing to do is to learn about them and be prepared by listening to reports from the United States Geological Survey and other agencies. And often, um, they'll tell you really good advice on, you know, things you can do, for example, to secure furniture and things like that. But that sort of precaution is only relevant in places where people are very close to fault zones, like places like California. So I don't think it's something that everybody in the country has to be on high alert about. Mount Tambora, when it, it erupted, it erupted for three days, sending um, chunks of rock half a mile out to sea and um, giant tsunami waves three stories high crashing against the um, coastline. And it also took a big chunk out of the mountain that it was on. So um, volcanoes can drastically change and affect nature and it can destroy things, yeah. Yeah, they are really um, impressive events, and they can reshape the Earth, like you said. That's really, really true. And what's really remarkable is that they um, essentially are probably the reason why the Earth looks the way it does. The fact that we have so much liquid water, the fact that our, our atmosphere has the kind of gases it does. It's all intimately tied to the fact that we have a lot of volcanic activity on the planet. What I find really remarkable about them is that they're bringing material to the surface from such deep levels. And sometimes within that magma that makes it to the surface as lava, you'll find evidence of the fact that these minerals have traveled a very, very long distance, sometimes hundreds of kilometers vertically upward. And that I find so fascinating. Yeah, that is so fascinating. Wow. Well, we're going to learn even more after a quick break. You're listening to the Children's Hour. Don't touch the ground because it's hot, hot lava. You can't even go on your tippy toes. Don't touch the ground, cause it's hot, hot lava. You can't even go on your tip, tip, tippy toes. If you drop your tricorn hat, don't pick it up. Unless you've got a ten foot pole and protecting gloves. When I say it's hot, I mean it's really hot. It could take a million years before that it is not. Crowd, 
Neverland Pirate Band, Hot Lava from Jake and the Neverland Pirates. We've had so much fun talking with Dr. Masumi Roy today on the Children's Hour, and we've got just a few more questions to ask her. Can earthquakes and volcanic eruptions affect our weather? Absolutely. So I don't know if you remember a few years ago when there was a big volcanic eruption in Iceland. And all these airplanes and airplane routes had to be essentially modified uh, so that people would be safe and they wouldn't fly into the ash and smoke from the volcano. So um, today, if a big volcanic eruption happens, that's one of the immediate hazards. But then on top of that, yes, all the material that gets sent out to the atmosphere can lead to changes in the atmosphere that can last over decades. Is it possible that, like, magma thrown from the bottom of the ocean, like those tectonic plates, is it possible that magma could reach the surface in, like, the event of a tsunami or anything? The magma that comes out as lava on the ocean floor reaches the surface on the ocean floor, but then once it comes into contact with the seawater, it cools. So... The likelihood of that magma, um, you know, erupting as lava and that lava making it to the air is low because that lava freezes almost as soon as it's in contact with the seawater. But the chemicals in the lava mix with the seawater and then eventually that contributes to the air. So there's always a connection. Am I correct? If Yellowstone erupted, it would cover almost the entire city of Albuquerque? Just to give people who are listening an idea, Yellowstone is very far away from Albuquerque. So I guess you're asking, Eli, does a very far away volcano have the chance of having its sediments that it spews out land as far away as Albuquerque? The answer is yes. When the big uh, eruptions happened at Yellowstone, we see evidence for that, the ashes that that rained out of the sky, basically, that blanket the entire western U.S. So you can see evidence of that eruption in New Mexico, even though we're so far away from Yellowstone. I've seen on YouTube how, like, people put lava rock in a container and then they, like, make it really hot, like, a couple thousand degrees, then it will turn back to lava again. Yes, absolutely. There's There are some really great labs around the country where they do this, and they study. This is one way in which we can study how lava flows, for example, because one of the things that happens is once the lava gets to the surface, you want to be able to figure out where it's going to go and whether it's going to pose a hazard to maybe people that live nearby, buildings that might be nearby, etc. So that's why people want to study How does lava flow? What's the most interesting or unknown fact about either volcanoes or earthquakes that interests you? For me, one of the most interesting things about volcanoes is how molten magma gets from very deep inside the earth to the surface. And, you know, what we see coming out of a volcano may be just a very small fraction of that. And a lot of the magma that makes it to the shallow part of the earth doesn't actually all get erupted. Only the 
most easily flowing ones um, might make it out the top of a volcano. So I like to think of this as um, the earth as a system where material is moving from deep down towards the shallow regions. And I like to think of how much do we see coming out the top and how much don't we see? How much of the magma stays behind? And I would like to understand more of um, what controls that. And, you know, are there, are there differences in the rate at which magma is coming beneath, say, a really big volcano like Mount St. Helens or much smaller volcanoes where you might imagine there might be less magma coming per unit time? Over long-term, like, amounts of time, could uh, a supervolcano or large volcanic eruptions drastically change the shape of the Earth? Not only could volcanoes, a big supervolcano, do that, but a huge earthquake can also do that. So, uh, when, when a tsunami-genic earthquake happens, it's, it is a huge, it can be a huge event and it can change the rate at which the earth spins around. So you can measure, you can measure the change in the length of the day after an event like a huge earthquake. What? That just doesn't even seem possible. I think that may be one of the most shocking things you've said. We've been speaking with Dr. Masumi Roy. She is a professor of physics and astronomy at the University of New Mexico with a special interest in earth science. Dr. Roy, thank you so much for being with us on the Children's Hour today. This was so much fun. Thank you so much, Katie. If you want to learn more about earthquakes and volcanoes, there's a lot more information at usgs.gov. There you can find information about current alerts for volcanoes or hurricanes. And of course, you can find out more about earthquake preparedness. It's important to be prepared for an emergency, no matter what it could be. And there are simple steps you can take in advance to be ready just in case. You can even find out where the latest earthquakes around the world have happened. There's a lot to learn at usgs.gov. You're listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio. We'll be right back. Children's Hour Radio Show is an independent production of the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit. The Children's Hour is supported in part by an award from New Mexico Arts, a division of the New Mexico Department of Cultural Affairs, and the National Endowment for the Arts. Support for the Children's Hour is provided by the County of Bernalillo, New Mexico, burnco.gov. Support for the Children's Hour is also provided by the City of Albuquerque's Cultural Services Department and the Urban Enhancement Trust Fund. 
Support for the Children's Hour is provided by Token Ibis, a nonprofit making philanthropy accessible to everyone. To sign up, go to tokenibis.org. There are many open doors, many ways to grow, many kinds of happiness, and many things to know. You can know how many days are in a hundred years. You can know the way to reach out. Dry somebody's tears But one thing I know In my heart To be true I love you I love you There are many kinds of days Many wrongs and rights You can know how many fireflies It takes to reach the moon You can understand that beauty Is nothing without truth But one thing I know In my heart to be true
Apples, Peaches, Pumpkin Pie from a CD called Pony in the Backseat. Ralph Covert opened up that set from At the Bottom of the Sea, Many Things to Know. You're listening to the Children's Hour. According to the U.S. Geological Survey, the five most dangerous volcanoes in the United States, both in terms of their likelihood of exploding and their potential threat to human life and property, are Hawaii's Mount Kilauea, Washington's Mount Rainier and Mount St. Helens, Alaska's Redoubt Volcano, and California's Mount Shasta. This is according to the 2018 update to the U.S. Geological Survey National Volcanic Threat Assessment. It's the first such update from the USGS since 2005. There are 161 young and active U.S. volcanoes listed in the report, and 18 are designated as very high threat. 39 are listed as posing a high threat and the remaining 104 volcanoes had threat levels that were either moderate, low, or very low. The 18 most dangerous volcanoes in the United States are all in five states, Washington, Oregon, California, Alaska, and Hawaii. And the supervolcano that we talked about earlier on the show, the Yellowstone Caldera, it's ranked at 21st on the list with a high threat level. Even though it's potentially incredibly dangerous, it's not doing anything at the moment to suggest that an eruption is imminent. Year 79 AD, Mount Vesuvius erupted, burying the nearby cities of Herculaneum and Pompeii in a layer of hot, scalding ash and rock known as a pyroclastic flow. Nearly 2,000 years after the eruption, the preserved remains of the inhabitants of Pompeii were discovered and excavated, a terrifying reminder of the volcano's awesome strength. Krakatoa, Indonesia, one of the loudest volcanic eruptions ever recorded. With an eruption loud enough to be heard 3,000 miles away, it resulted in a tsunami so large, more than 30,000 people perished as a result. Another sobering reminder of the volcano's awesome strength.
song by baby bust nursery rhymes and before that volcano by the amoeba people we're going to end our show today with volcanoes and you it's off the first album from the board of education catch you next time for another edition of the children's hour nolan scientific films presents Volcanoes Volcanology and you And plate tectonics Johnny and Sally don't know it, but they're standing on they a tectonic plate They go together plate, Moving over the viscous mantle of the earth Like peanut butter oh, like rubbing together in two halves And jelly, you get two plates Pieces of convergent plate Ooh, mountain. they're getting crowded Which can cause magma to enter the crust Leads to corruption Hang on tight, Johnny And also to fault lines Which can be bad, too Make sure Sally doesn't fall into that cold Bad is cool Areas of They're simply made by an oceanic plate Sliding over a hot spot And you know that that makes sheer volcanoes Don't want to hurt nobody Except when the lava gets too close To the people who live on the coastline Sheer volcanoes Like a killer Or 
troubled by these harmonic tremors. It could be a sign of increased seismicity. Hmm. Yes, they, they do seem to suggest an unstable environment. <laughs> Children's Hour is an independent production of the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit corporation. Our show is written by Katie Stone, with help from all of us and the kids' crew. Many thanks to Dr. Masumi Roy from the University of New Mexico for being with us on the show today. We had production help from Christina Stella. Our podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast, or at patreon.com slash the children's hour. Or ask your smart speaker to play the children's hour podcast. We post our photos and more on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Find us at TCH Radio. Our theme music is written by C.K. Bylow. The Children's Hour is distributed by the Children's Hour Incorporated, PRX, and the Pacifica Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio.